0: to help make this possible. So please consider supporting our mission by visiting the Spoken Gospel website, clicking on Donate, and contributing what you can. Whether you choose to donate once or monthly, we're so grateful for your support. Okay, now on with the show.
1: We conquer when we sacrificially live our lives or lose our lives, Mm. and that conquering looks like becoming like Jesus on his throne. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible is about him. In each episode, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are continuing our look at the book of Revelation. Last time, we kind of did an overview of how to read it, what is apocalyptic literature. If you missed that episode, go back. It's going to form the basis for a lot of what we're going to talk about moving forward. But today, we're talking about the major themes in the book of Revelation, and we're excited to jump in. Seth, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm ready. Ready. I am ready to conquer and to get married. (laughs)
0: i thought you were already married Uh, i I, uh, am to jesus um
1: yeah uh, that was my i love it lame way introducing the main themes uh yeah we want to talk about three main themes today okay one is the idea of conquering okay uh specifically but conquering by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony okay the second is just god's throne The theme of God's throne and authority and power. Okay. And then the other is the theme of the bride and the theme of the wedding.
0: Will will the bride, just so I don't step in something, will the bride include the woman? That's the false woman that we talked about last week? Yeah. We can talk about that. Oh, okay. I just, we we mentioned her last week.
1: We did. There is a true bride, a true Uh woman. And a false woman okay. depicted cool. in Revelation. All
0: right. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. So it's gonna be the conquering, yes, throne, and bride. And, and bride. That's okay. Right. That's what we're gonna talk about That's today. Right. Why? Why are we talking about themes? Why like why yeah. talk about that when we're approaching the book of Revelation? We, why is that gonna be helpful for we people?
1: We tried a whole bunch of different <laughs> ways to figure out what's the most helpful way to engage our audience on yeah. uh, the book of Revelation. And we're like, okay, we should do an intro episode like we did last time. But like if you don't want to get lost in the weeds when we go deep in the next couple of weeks into the the three sets of seven bowls and trumpets and Mm. whatever else, you can live in the thematic world. And these are really helpful themes that will just like, Give you an overview of some of the ideas that are present in the Book of Revelation, regardless of your viewpoint yeah. on the historicity or your reading of it in yes. particular. Okay. everybody agrees on these things. Yeah, is it kind of a way, another way to say it? So
0: there, there, there should be some unifying things across all. Uh, vantage points. That's right. Okay, that's that's awesome. right. Yep.
1: And I think if you miss these points as you go through the book of Revelation, <laughs> you really kind of kind of miss some of some of what the book is calling
0: us. I see. So it's like do. a it's a it's a unifying thing, but it's also a first things first kind of thing. That's right. Like let's let's major in the majors to begin with. That's right. And then I mean, when I think about themes, I'm often like it should help make reading it easier. That's right. Because like that's right. I remember going and seeing a movie and being like kind of confused okay, at what yeah. it meant. And then someone's like, oh, just look for the theme of heartbreak. And it just like, the whole movie just went together. And I was like, oh, I get what this movie's about now. Thank you. So we're just hoping to kind of put some themes in front of you that as you notice conquering because of the throne, all leading up to a wedding, you're like, oh, I get the story. Because as we said last time, we were defining apocalyptic literature. We were like, it's it's bound by a narrative framework. That's right. And then just to put
1: it in a story then, those mm. three theme- themes in a story, Ooh, yeah. is a conquering bride Ooh. meeting her king.
0: Oh, it, her king or her husband? Her husbandly king? Her husband the king. Okay. A conquering
1: bride uh-huh. meeting her husband the king. Oh. And that's kind of like the, the story. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, so do we just start with let's the first start. thing on your list? Yes, let's start with
1: conquering. conquering. This is probably the most prevalent theme in the book, and it's probably going to be a little bit different than what you think. So let's start with Revelation chapter one, where this theme is introduced for the very, very first time in verse five. He says, to him who loves us, this is John's introduction to his, his letter to the seven churches that he's writing to. And he says, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom and priests to his God and father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. So this is his opening benediction to his audience, and he's recounting what Jesus has done for them. He's mm-hmm. saying he's shed his blood for us, and he's made us a kingdom and priests mm-hmm. unto our God. And this idea of like being a part of a kingdom or even ruling in a kingdom and being a priest in that kingdom is something that just goes throughout the entire book.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so the first reason why that's important is in a the theme of conquering is what kind of characters conquer?
0: Kings. Uh, yeah, okay. Kings conquer, <laughs> yes, right? right? In the kingdom, <laughs> kings conquer, yes. Yes,
1: that, and so I think that's what's on the line here. It's like we have a God who sits on a throne who rules a kingdom.
0: Oh, sure. Is he, is he gonna win the battle? Is he gonna win the battle? And
1: how is he gonna win
0: the battle? Okay,
1: yep. And he has invited us to rule alongside of him, to be kings with him, uh, we'll get to it in a second, but around his throne are dozens of other thrones that eventually we sit on. Mm-hmm. He shares his authority with his people. He rules the world. And once those people, once we sit in those thrones, we are priests to the mm-hmm. world. And by our conquering in that way, we win.
0: We, oh, okay. So is that, is that, is that clear? I, I'm, I'm... I understand the idea. Okay. So he's like, you're a kingdom. And immediately that's like, oh, that makes sense because there's other kingdoms that are fighting against us. So I now understand where I am in the world. Yeah. And there's a king who rules that kingdom. And if there's a bunch of kingdoms fighting, who's going to win? That's right. I've drafted you into that kingdom. But in that kingdom, you serve as priests. That's where I get confused. Okay. Is what, what does that mean that we're priests in a kingdom? yeah okay so
1: maybe i'll just borrow some of christine our staff writers words here it's there's a sense in which that throughout the book of revelation the people of god and particularly the people that are being persecuted for god's name increasingly become like their god and king Mm. jesus and jesus is sitting on a throne and jesus by his blood has uh purified his people for himself and throughout about the book of Revelation, this idea that we become more and more like Jesus, uh, that we rule like Jesus on a throne like Jesus, but also that our blood does something and purifies the world Oh wow! is developed. And particularly, this is how we conquer. So Revelation 12 chapters 10 and 11 says it probably the most clearly. Uh, Where it says, and they have conquered him, the Mm. Satan, uh, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they did not love their lives to death. Mm. The people of God, when they act like Jesus in his authority and in the sacrificial death, defeat the powers and cleanse the world in a sense. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe conquering is too narrow of
0: a term to encompass both of those ideas. But I think they're connected. Yeah, no, I I see the conquering makes sense, but like uh, because priests conquer with blood. Yeah. That's what a priest does, right? They conquer people's separation and sin and guilt by blood. That's right. That's what they did in the temple. That's right. And now that we're priests, the conquering that's going to take place in this kingdom conflict is going to happen by the impartation of blood. Mm Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is that blood is going to be our blood, yeah, because we're going to become like Jesus, suffering like Jesus. That's right. And we're going to conquer not with a giant sword or machine guns. We're going to conquer through death, through death, suffering, humility, servanthood, right, like Jesus did. That's right. That makes sense. Okay, I'm on the same page now. Yes,
1: yeah, that was really clear. Okay, we conquer by becoming priests. Yeah, by acting like priests, and particularly as
0: a Jesus-like priest, right. a self-sacrificial priest, right? Priests who offer sacrifices, that's and that right. sacrifice is ourselves. That's right, because we're following Jesus. That's exactly right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the conquering is not what I was expecting, as you said. Earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that is hinted at in yeah. those
1: words: a kingdom and priest. Right, because it to our could God. be like a
0: kingdom with soldiers. That's right. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, that's not. The army he built. He did not build a kingdom with an army of soldiers. No. A kingdom with an army of priests.
1: Um, That's right. And Which, so that yeah, theme is developed throughout the first two chapters. Okay. So the first two chapters is John's letter to seven particular churches. Right that exist in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. This theme is developed through the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. John writes to uh, seven particular churches mm-hmm. in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and he's encouraging them to persevere in their faith, yeah. in one way or another. And he ends his seven letters to these seven churches with the same phrase. Every time? Every single time. Okay. Here's what he says to the church in Ephesus to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat at the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Mm. To the church in Smyrna, he says, to the one who conquers, they will not be hurt by the second death. The church to Pergamum, he says, to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. And this this continues. He says the same thing to the church in Thyatira. He says, uh, this one's a fun one. I like this one a lot. To the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, I will give him authority over the nations. So mm. I, I told you like this idea of conquering is like ruling with Jesus. Yeah. So it's present right here. And he will rule them with a rod of iron as if pots are broken. Um, and I will give him the morning star. He was near, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. This is a, this is just a fun one for me because it's a really stark image of the authority mm. that comes on the other side of conquering to the one who conquers will be given an authority like that of Jesus himself. These are all images used to describe Jesus. They'll be given the authority of Jesus Mm. himself. Um, To the church in Sardis, he says, to the one who conquers will be clothed in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. To the church of Philadelphia, he says, to the one who conquers, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of our God. Mm. And then to the church in Laodicea, he says, to the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on on my throne. Oh, there it is. As I also conquered and sat down on my oh, father's throne. and how throne. did Jesus conquer? <laughs> he conquered through death. Yes. So there's Crazy. there's a there's a lot of like pretty heavy stuff going on here just like even yeah. just like getting out of the theme of conquering.
0: Oh, totally cuz I mean I feel like I've heard these preached. Right. And it's like conquer like oh, like okay, yes. Overcome, That's overtake, right. like yes. Uh, and I, and not suffer die. Mm. Spill your blood. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most of these churches are in some pretty dire peril. All mm-hmm. of these churches are in some sort of peril. Two of the churches are either being killed or imprisoned, and they're mm. bearing up under that persecution. And he, he says, while you're suffering, you're conquering to yeah. those churches. And to the churches who are giving in to the pressures of their day, he says, your, your command is to conquer by acting like
0: Jesus. By... Resisting the the per, like the assimilation or like what's what's the... uh yeah by will, being willing to die okay so I like mean, being there, willing to die for your faith
1: that's right there is a I mean and I think like resisting the assimilation there is an element of sacrifice and loss there we mm-hmm. could oversimplify martyrdom sure. to mean only death right. but there is a real sense that death is on the line throughout the majority of Absolutely. the book of Revelation yeah but the idea here is we conquer when we sacrificially live our lives or lose our lives. Mm. And that conquering looks like becoming like Jesus on his throne.
0: I see. So, or is that, that's what comes on the other side of conquering? That's right. That's right. Yes. 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 Conquering is being faithful to Jesus and becoming more like Jesus, even to the point of suffering like Jesus. Yeah. Is that what conquering is? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. The idea is we look like Jesus on the other side of conquering and conquering means dying. Mm -hmm. And once we are faithful to die, jesus promises to make us look like him mm-hmm. uh we will be written in the lamb's book of life forever we will sit on his throne we will be, eat of the hidden manna and right. be satisfied like the yeah. israelites were in the wilderness when we are willing to die we are rewarded by looking more like jesus who is now currently sitting on the throne
0: and the point of this to, of these letters to a persecuted church like we said in the last episode is you know the whole book is to give hope Mm-hmm. And so, th- this isn't. Uh, and and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, this yeah. this isn't like, "Hey, you lazy, complacent Christians, go out there and die, or you're not going to go to heaven." Is kind of, I think, like right. what my legalistic brain wants to just jump to. Yeah, we have to remember the situation that these people were under threat. They were being tempted to walk away from their faith mm-hmm. because of like threats against their life or their families or their way of life. Yeah. And to overcome, right, was to hold fast to Jesus no matter the cost. That's right. And the, the reason why there's hope is because he's like, look what's on the other side of overcoming. There's, you know, all these things. You're going to be a pillar in the temple. You're going to eat the hidden manna. You're going to rule with me on my throne. And so the hope is that, the, that death isn't the end. Yeah. That suffering is not the end.
1: And not just not the end. Not just the promise of eternal life, the promise of authority Mm. in the heavens to sit on God's right hand. So that's more than just eternal life, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Right? Yes. What, like, what does that mean? And why is that good news? This is what the whole book of Revelation is about, I think. Okay. Is
1: unpacking this idea, because this is a super counterintuitive idea. Yeah. I conquer when I die and then I'm rewarded with eternal life. Okay, great. I get that. But I'm also rewarded with authority and a place on God's throne. Right.
0: To rule with him. To
1: rule. What What does that mean? Right. What? And to the point that this is an apocalypse, a revelation, an unveiling. Yeah. What does martyrdom mean? Mm-hmm. What's the significance of why per- be persecuted for the faith? Take the veil off me, off of this for me, John. Yeah. Why is
0: it worth it to keep suffering? Why
1: is it worth it to keep Unhide suffering? Unhide it. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. And the first thing he does is he proves that, well, when we suffer and we die, we're risen to a throne just like our our savior jesus right. was and so that, what happened to jesus in chapters 4 and 5 he this happens explicitly right i believe chapters 4 and 5 is this depiction of what happens after jesus ascends into the heavens you have this huge heavenly throne room scene with a figure like god sitting on a throne and all of a sudden there's this announcement behold Weep no more, there's a lion coming from the tribe of Judah. Someone from the root of Jesse has conquered by dying so that he can open the scroll, which we'll talk about the scroll later. And then after this announcement of the Lion of Judah, John looks up and he sees a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Mm. And he goes up to the person on the throne and takes this symbol of this, this throne dweller's authority as because he's now shares the authority with mm. God on his throne, right? So the pattern is set in Jesus' own death and resurrection. Right. Yep. That when you die, specifically dying for the sake of others, sacrificing yourself as, as a, priest, a priest. Yep. You are elevated into the heavens and then you are given a position of authority. In the heavens. And that's Jesus himself is the rubric. And Jesus himself is the rubric okay. for that, right? Got it. And so he's given a scroll uh, in this story, which represents God's authority over the
0: world. Okay. Can I just stop for a second? Yes. And note two things that people might be thinking right now that I'm thinking right now on yes. like, how dare you? Okay, please. <laughs> With this interpretation, which I don't know if it's interpretation. Okay. It just seems very clear. <laughs> that. So it's like more like, how dare you revelation to my own. <laughs> Old interpretations of things, but it's like one um, that right's reserved for Jesus alone, right? You know, to yes, to die right. and suffer and be raised—that was his purview. And then two, every time I hear about the thrones in Revelation, it's oh, they're casting their crowns and they're getting off their thrones, mm-hmm. and they're aren't we supposed to def- deflect authority? And oh so, uh, right. I, this makes makes me just want to go verse by verse through this whole document. <laughs> uh, but so
1: you're right. The opening chapter of, of the, in 4 and 5, we have all these thrones filled with these giant beings, and they get off their thrones, throw their crowns, bow before right. Jesus. And
0: I've always heard that, like, if the elders bow, if the heavenly creatures bow, how much more humble and humiliated should you be? Let me... Oh, just do it. Just do it. Cause I, so yeah, the elders oh, no. get...
1: The, these creatures get off their throne in chapter 4 and right. in chapter 5, and nobody ever sits on those thrones again. Okay. Until uh, Revelation chapter 20. Oh my gosh. When those who have been beheaded Mm. sit in them instead. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, those who had not worshiped the beast and its image.
0: So the elders and the heavenly creatures who occupied the thrones around God get off their thrones to make way for christians who suffer die and rise that's right that's awesome isn't that
1: awesome (laughs) it's an awesome little detail and so it's it's so easy to miss because it's like oh the angels get off their thrones and we forget about the throne so this is a narrative this is apocalyptic literature someone has to sit next to god and rule alongside him and who is it going to be those who are willing
0: to suffer and die Mm. like jesus did for the world wow okay so uh, i want to make i think the right observation about why Yep. And then I have a question Okay, because it's like, did you earn that spot or those thorns are reserved for suffering people or whatever? And I'm just remembering, those are the questions I was asking. Yeah, yeah, I think I answered my own question. See if I'm right. Is we talked about like the revelation kind of follows wisdom literature. Okay. And God has built a way to be human in the world and has revealed that to us through his word and through his actions. And the way to be human in the world is not to conquer and climb and have authority and rule, but to go low, to serve, to love, and to have compassion on, Mm -hmm. especially the least of these. Mm -hmm. And so it's those who do those things who are ruling because they're being like God in the world. Having authority here on earth is actually doing the lowly thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he's unveiling, unhiding, taking the cover off to show what servants and martyrs actually are. They're, they're being God in the world. That's right. They're being true humans the way God designed them to be in the world. And so when they come into the heavenly picture of their reality, yeah. they're given a throne because they're ruling like God wanted the world to be ruled. That's right. Because they're humble. Yeah. Is that what's happening
1: here? I think that is what's happening. I think there is like, we, we talked about last week how this is like the establishment of a new world order. Right. Too, yep. And so I think there is this like, this is who humans were always meant to be. Right, because right now- Those who it, rule yeah. alongside God in the garden.
0: In this beastly is, empires, uh, the bloodthirsty get the thrones. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is the way that
1: humans have always been to be. This is them occupying their rightful place. But this is also really the establishment of a world order Based on the self-sacrifice of a priestly people. Yeah. Right? So like until Jesus came, there was no one in heaven who had died right? and had been qualified because of his sacrificial death to lead his people. Right. Who's worthy? Who can do this stuff? Yeah. Right? Right. And so as great as God is and as glorious as the angels are, none of them have died for us until God came flesh in Jesus and died for us through him. Right. And now he invites us into that narrative that's exactly right yeah so we rule in this new world order there's a sacrifice king who sits on
0: the throne okay and those who are sacrifice their lives who are willing to die to themselves will reign with him that's beautiful so my other question then i think uh, that makes a ton of sense to me because i think that debunks the whole like okay so you have to be worthy of it or you have to earn it or it's it's no it's i mean it's
1: the it's the lowest bar to be a christian is to it's to die. It's t- <laughs> well, that's what Jesus yeah, said. Yeah, you right, have to pick yeah. up your cross to follow that's me. That's right. Yep. Uh, you have to be willing to lose your life in order to find it. That's the lowest
0: bar. That's the, that's the barrier of entry. <laughs> right, yeah, death yeah. is the barrier of entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then if that's the case and the humble rule with Jesus, what does it mean to rule with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how does Revelation paint that picture or do we have to infer from other things? <sighs> yes. But like... Why is that the, the hope held out before suffering people? What hope? Like, what is it about doing that that would okay. help me persevere through suffering? Yeah. So let's,
1: we're gonna have to narrow our focus here to not just the general call to die, mm-hmm. but the specific action of spilling your blood. Martyrdom. For the name of Jesus. Martyrdom, okay. right? Yep. What good is a martyr's blood? If my brother died mm-hmm. for his faith, what good does that do? John unveil the purpose of that blood right right yeah so Revelation chapter 6 okay verse 9. this is in the middle of a, a, a sequence about seals, which we'll talk more uh, about, which we'll talk more about. but John sees under the altar, presumably a sacrificial altar, the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord." Holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So, the question you asked was How do we conquer? What does it look like to rule? What is the purpose of a martyr's blood? Yeah. A martyr's blood, in one sense, is the agent of God's vengeance.
0: Oh, it's it, what he avenges. It's what
1: he avenges. I see. It's the catalyst for God's action in the
0: world. Interesting. Yeah, I think the only category I ever had for God's vengeful activity at the end of time is sin. Yes. He has this, you've infracted a a set of standards and God burns with judgment against those infractions, Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying has to be untrue. No, no, no. no. But this is a a different category. It's a different category. God God will. Yeah, he wants to avenge the blood of his saints.
1: That's right. Yeah. And this this is on page two of the Bible. Uh, when Abel's blood cries out for the ground for vengeance, mm. there's this theme running all the way back to the book of Genesis where the true and faithful people of God are killed for their faithfulness. Mm. And the question is immediately, what will God do to avenge the blood of those who have been faithful? Right. And in the book of Genesis, the blood is the way in which Cain is judged it mm. cries out from the ground and right. because it cries out from the ground Cain's ground
0: is cursed right yep so right same thing's happening here the same thing's the happening blood of the martyrs are crying out for justice and God says I will respond by cursing yes the people who caused it
1: right and there's this sense that it's like okay God will judge by his own initiative okay yeah. I hear your blood crying out and I will avenge but there's also a sense in which that the death of the martyrs, the blood of the martyrs is a judgment in and of itself. Hmm. So read chapter eight with me. Okay. In the, this, the scene before we've been introduced to the total number of martyrs that will ever die. Okay. <laughs> you know, we've been, and then when the lamb opened a seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven for about half an hour. And then I saw the seven angels who stand before God given seven trumpets and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. So, what are the prayers of the saints? What's the prayer of the saints we just read? Oh,
0: to avenge us. How
1: long is it going to be until you avenge our blood? That's right. That's the prayer of the saints. And then the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God, and then the angel took the censer of prayers and then poured it out on the earth. Okay. The prayers of God's saints crying out for vengeance is then poured out on the earth in another series of judgments. I see. The blood of the saints is being poured out on the earth, and as it's poured out on the earth, a new wave of judgments comes on the earth. And this next one is, they're called trumpet judgments. And what's fascinating is throughout the whole trumpet judgment section is there's this hope of repentance for the unbelieving people who are experiencing it. Hmm. The blood of the martyrs being poured out in hopes of cleansing the world of its evil and inviting new people
0: of God in. Yes, which is what Jesus did. Which is what Jesus did, right? That's very good. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, because it's like you you think about the prayers of the martyrs being spilled, and if you only think about chapter 6, is that what we read last? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. An uh And it's like all the prayers are imprecatory Psalms, you know? Yeah, that's I mean, it's right. like dash them against the rocks and avenge my blood. But like, mm-hmm. that's actually not the model we have for martyr prayers in the New Testament. Okay. You have forgive them prayers, right? Are the last things that they say. Mm-hmm. And so when the prayers of the martyrs are poured out onto the world, it actually is this testimony of salvation Mm -hmm. and this priestly act of substitution and intercession that martyrs have been doing for hundreds of years up to this point so that's amazing and it's also what priests have done right so like we talked about how
1: conquering has this priest not just a kingly element of sitting on the throne but a priestly element we're talking about that priestly element (sighs) here priests would pour out the contents of bowls sprinkle people with blood from bowls in hopes of what purifying them right cleansing them and so in Revelation, it's saying, okay, you are a kingdom of priests. You have been given the authority of Christ, and you are a priest in this heavenly realm. And if you die by your own blood, what does that blood accomplish if you've died like Christ and sit in a position of authority like Christ on the earth?
0: It calls out God's vengeance against your enemies and fills up a censer of prayers to intercede and save God's enemies.
1: Yeah, like and, and, like, cool. and I mean, very simply, to purify the world. There's a real sense that in the same way that Jesus' blood purified our sins,
0: mm-hmm. when we are willing to suffer and die, we purify those who watch our death. Yes. And if this sounds really weird to people, <laughs> just think about this. That when the incense in the temple, in Israel's temple, was burning, it would move around the temple and the smoke was purifying oh, yeah, that's right. the space. That's, that's what right. it does. That's what it it's, does. It's, it's its function. You're not. We're not like putting ideas in it. That's its job. Yes. Yeah. So like that's what incense smoke does in the temple. And so in the temple world, like we talked about in the last episode, if the, if the martyrs prayers are the incense, then the only thing that they're there to do is to purify, which is just fascinating to think about Jesus when he says, forgive them, father, they know not what they do. That is what the prayer of a martyr sounds like. Yes. And it's an incense prayer of purification and forgiveness.
1: Yeah. And I think if you look like even like, let's get out of scripture for a second. And like when people have died throughout church history,
0: Mm. what has that done? Oh, it's unlocked um, revivals (laughs) right? Uh, uh, yeah, for those who like hated them. Right. It does. It both provokes more
1: persecution and it unlocks people to follow the way of
0: Jesus after they see this. It's why in like so many movies, you'll hear the phrase, we don't want to make a martyr out of him. Right. Why? Because martyrs create revolutions. Yes. <laughs> like, and yes. that's what the blood of those who are willing to die for Jesus do. They bring more people to God.
1: Yes. So yeah. if you are a somebody reading the book of Revelation, the first century, and you've watched your wife die mm. or your brother be imprisoned. Here's how you know it's not pointless. Yes. Yeah, like Their blood right now is being poured out on earth for a future mm. harvest of God's people and the vengeance of God against the
0: evil. Wow. Like,
1: and it's not just accidental mm. it's an active agent in the world right now enacting justice and purifying the world of evil. Mm. that's like, what like, god
0: does from his throne yes yes that's cool relate that then to me to the question that i asked that, un- that unlocked all this which is how does that tie into ruling from a throne
1: yes because at the very end we said at the very end those thrones are emptied right. and humans take their place right. right yeah it's a good question i, I don't know if i thought about it in those
0: terms or, how I asked the question earlier was like, what is the hope of reigning with God? What does that mean? Like, why is it good news that there's a throne for a martyr in heaven?
1: It might go back to what you've been saying for a while now mm. about the purpose of apocalyptic literature is to, like, it's a riff on the way the world is supposed to be. And it's an right. unveiling of the way the world's broken and it needs to be restored to God's original intention for the world. God's original intention for the world was to rule with humanity.
0: That's right. Adam over, and Eve are pictured as kings, a king and a queen.
1: As a king and a queen over humanity, ruling with God, right? Yeah. The reason why this is good news is because through your death, like Jesus's death, you are restored to your Adamic and Evenic purposes. <laughs> like you become truly human. Yeah. When you die to yourself... In faithfulness to Jesus, proclaiming him as you do so, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's a restoration to our, to our true humanity in, in dying. Right.
0: Uh, so I think that's one reason why it's right. good news. That, that command that we had to have dominion over the earth back in the Garden right. of Eden is given to us in a way that we won't spoil it again. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then I think it's also just like practically good news
0: mm.
1: on like, does my death matter? Hmm. yes eternally so your death is the means by which god is purifying the world yeah your death is the means by which evil is being judged Hmm. right now my death isn't simply a death it's doing something actively in the world
0: right it is the way by which and the means by which god is ruling and reigning yes my blood sits on a throne yes it accomplishes decrees on the earth yes it's it's how god's kingdom is run yes okay i'm, yeah. I'm starting to fill it in yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. okay thrones overcoming ruling <laughs> we, we've laid it all out is there anything else in this theme that we need to, to talk mean, about before moving to the next i one? think we've covered the
1: main ideas here but i'll let's give one more image from okay. the book of revelation that talks about the idea in chapters fourteen and fifteen, and uh, fourteen through seventeen, really, okay. we are given another picture of the martyrs' blood, and we're given a picture of this woman. She's a she's a prostitute, a harlot, and she is drinking the blood of the martyrs. Mm. And what's interesting is, as she's drinking the blood of the martyrs, she gets drunk and her drunkenness causes her own downfall. Okay, So it goes back to this idea that when powers drink and persecute Christians, they are also drinking their own destruction. Right. They're actively imbibing in something that will eventually intoxicate them and
0: kill them. Mm.
1: So like there is something super subversive like it's like we don't want to make a martyr out of it is like no this is how empires fall
0: right as soon as an empire no matter how great kills a martyr they've sealed their own destruction (laughs) yes Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 okay I can definitely say, I think you've done a really good job of helping me understand how this is good news for somebody reading this in the first century. Oh, yeah. My brother died for Jesus's name. Why is that good news? It's like, oh my gosh, because it's going to inevitably bring God's vengeance against your enemies. Mm-hmm. It also is going to be poured out as a way to save and purify the world. And right now it's making the empires drunk. Right. And they are stumbling. And, and your fire. brother isn't just dead. He's ruling and reigning with Jesus. That's right. Okay, Great. I'm full of hope now and ready to follow my brother into death. What about us today? Yeah, why is this good news for us today?
1: Well, I would say like if you're living in a country that's per—I mean, this yeah. is you—you know why this is good news. Absolutely, because you've you're watched that happen it. to yep. your own family. Right. So the the question is like, okay, I think it goes back to what we kind of hinted at before, like the minimum bar to is, enter yeah. the. The Christian faith is dying. Mm -hmm. Nobody becomes a Christian and does not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it's not an insignificant sacrifice to say no to all other desires and powers in order to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. That is an epic death, Mm. Uh, right? Like choosing not to follow my own heart, but to follow the will and commands of a king is uncomfortable (laughs) <laughs> at
0: best yeah.
1: humiliating at worst uh right like yeah. and like but that is what god is calling us to come and do to die to our own desires to die to the desires of our own heart and follow him into a life of self-sacrifice and potentially to our own deaths
0: right i, I can see two pieces of really good news there one is you now have more ammunition to wage against the things that are in your way to dying to self. Mm -hmm. Like I always need more like reasons of hope of why it's worth it to kill this thing. God's asking me to kill or to die to this thing. God asked me to die to Right to lay down my preferences and my desires, my comfort, how other people perceive me to live as Jesus in the world causes death on a daily basis (laughs) for myself and knowing what that accomplishes in the heavens and on the earth Is just helpful, so Mm -hmm. it's good news that I have more ammunition. Yeah, and then um, it's also just good news because I know that no matter what I sacrifice, look at the result. Right, like (laughs) I mean, there's nothing I'm going to give up that is not going to be restored. Like, just in such a magnificent way. I think also like from like a different vantage point, I'm like my goal in life is to reach people with the gospel. Yeah. I just want people to know the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are sitting here right now. Right. But it's amazing to think that actually dying like Jesus, you know. Yeah. Denial of self, following him, letting him be your teacher and your rabbi, and living that way in front of people every day, no matter what it costs, fills up a bowl of purification incense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And so it's like actually the way to reach the world isn't by having a really popular podcast. (laughs) Right. 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 right, That would be like an empire way of doing things. Yeah. It's actually by just dying to yourself and God can use that in. Yeah. Multiplicative ways. Yeah. So that's really good news too.
1: And I think it puts a little bit of color for me on like Jesus is resurrected and reigning in the heavens Mm -hmm. and that's great news for him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But revelation actually tells me how I join him now. Yeah, In a way that I don't think I've fully appreciated before. It's like, no, your acts of self-sacrifice aren't just humiliating in the moment. Uh,
0: they're actually accomplishing. Right. They're putting you right there next to Jesus. They're,
1: on they're putting the, uh, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. And through your humility, whatever injustice you see is being actively dealt with. Mm. And if not actively dealt with,
0: repented of. Right. Uh, right. I'm like, yeah, right. You're pure. Yeah. Your acts of self-sacrifice are purifying the people around you.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's just an activeness to that reigning that I, uh, that I yes. haven't really experienced. Like it's great news for Jesus that he's okay. sitting on a throne, yes. but like, oh, I get what his resurrection proves to mm. me. My own acts of self sacrifice actually have like
0: an atoning work in the mm-hmm. world.
1: They execute judgment and invite purification right right yeah
0: i think the other bit of good news is why is it good news that jesus and his martyrs are on thrones why is because the world is ruled by the humblest people oh yeah there's a sovereignty at work in the world a wisdom and an ordering at work in the world that is being orchestrated and designed by the most qualified people because they're humble self-sacrificial loving compassionate willing to lay down their lives for others who would you rather order the world? Like, that's who I want in charge, and that's who is in charge. Yeah. And like, uh, oh, and then the other thing was like. That's like, I mean, that's just Matthew 5. Right. The humble will inherit the earth. Exactly. Yes. And then it's just, it's also just like, man, if I, I'm kind of riffing on the last thing I said, but it's just such good news, is if you want to have authority in the world, if you want to have an impact on the world around you, the way to do that is not by getting a ton of subscribers on TikTok, right? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. climbing the political ladder. It's yeah. not getting the corner office. It's not having the loudest voice in the room, right? Yeah. It is. You will sit on thrones when you look like Jesus, when you humble yourself, mm-hmm. when you take the last place. Like yeah. you're in, integrating yourself into the wisdom of the universe. And so I just like, that's really good news yeah. is everybody has access to authority, yeah? but you have to go it, through Jesus's way. And I think the other thing that this goes back to something we said at the very beginning
1: that Christine keeps telling me, it's like we are becoming more like Jesus. We're not just acting like him. Yes. We're becoming more in his image. We're we're looking actively, not just acting like him, but looking like him. He sits on a throne. We sit on a throne. Mm -hmm. His work atones and purifies. Our work begins to do the same thing. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are looking like him.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Well, okay. We overindulged on conquest and conquering and thrones, so we'll have to pick up the other themes uh, in another episode. No, 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 that episode. That so what's great. what's left? We've got uh, uh for the next episode we've got
1: Thrones. Oh we did did we do thrones? Well, there is an element of God's power on thrones, uh-huh. like his control of things uh-huh. side of things. So we've talked about the way that we sit on the throne. Yes. But at the very beginning, we're told that God sits on his own throne okay. and he never leaves.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so
1: what does that mean for us? We can talk us? about that. Uh, and then we also
0: have the, the woman, the bride. The woman, the bride. Okay. We'll talk about those in the next episode. Thank you guys for joining us at this look in Revelation. We'll see you next time to talk about God's throne and the bride. See you then.